Howdy, y'all! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. I've got Tommy Smith on the show today. City Councilman Tommy Smith. Knoxville, 1st District. Tommy is up for re-election. It's happening tomorrow. City Council elections. I think it's important to get to know your uh, your public servants. And Tommy is that through and through. He's here to serve the public. And it's good to have people like him who care about his constituency. And so that's why I was uh, interested to to hear about Tommy. Get out there and vote on Tuesday. It's important. Your vote matters in these kinds of things. So let's get to it. Let's hear what my man's all about. This was an awesome chat. I hope you guys enjoy it. So here it is. My friends, Tommy Smith. We're doing the pop cast. Councilman. Ben. How are you? Checking in. I'm good. Good. Thanks for thanks for coming by, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Fall is here. Uh-huh. Best time in, to be in Knoxville. Yeah, it's the best three weeks in East Tennessee. The best three weeks East Tennessee. <laughs> Dang right. Over. That's right. They're really special three weeks, though. Yeah, they are. You've got to be a busy man right now, I'm sure. Yeah, life's pretty full. Life's pretty full. But, uh, you know, you're doing stuff you care about. Uh, you make time for it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Everything I know about city council, I learned from Leslie Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, say more. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I just don't. I just don't know a lot of the nuts and bolts about what uh, what you do and what your job is on on a daily basis, and what this election coming up in well, in podcast years will be tomorrow. Right. Uh, uh, you know, what are the implications, and and what does it mean? What do you do? Well, uh, city council is really um, responsible for uh, approval of. Uh, budgeting, zoning, and kind of directional programs that the mayor puts forth. Hmm. So half of our agenda every two weeks is zoning. Most folks don't realize that, but um, you got to know zoning code well, property Hmm. use. Um, We have these things called sector plans that basically are multi-year plans for the types of developments that can happen in any area. Gotcha. And so that kind of sets the stage for somebody that comes in and says, hey, I want to build X here. And so- Yes, you can do that or no, you can't. That's right. And so we have different layers of government that review that in detail, Mm -hmm. such as the planning commission, which is a mixture of county folks and city folks appointed by both mayors. Mm -hmm. And they know those sector plans. They have a planning staff that looks at those. And so- they kind of make a yay or nay recommendation, right. but but each person, each um, each resident gets their day uh, in front of the commission to kind of say yes. I think this is why this development should happen, and then planning commission uh, approves. And if they don't, they deny. Uh, we have an, uh, you can appeal to city council. So a lot of those cases that get to us are tricky. Um, because uh, they would have been worked out, obviously, through a, like a unanimous vote. But the tricky ones get through to us, and we, right. have to, we have to reconcile what somebody wants to do versus what the neighbors think they should be able to do. You guys are the jury at that point, I guess, in yeah, some cases. the quasi-judicial role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the appellate court. <laughs> of the appellate court, I guess, is a good way to think about it. Yeah. The other thing is budget, um, you know, 
if the mayor puts forth a recommendation for a program, um, we typically approve a budget amount for that. Or if there are uh, concerns we have about a certain program, we're allowed to kind of weigh in on that or advocate for amending it or okay. just saying, no, don't do that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the biggest, uh, and so also when those programs come to fruition and it's time to pay a contractor because the city doesn't do everything, they sub things out and right. rely on vendors to do things. The appropriation of those dollars and the contracts associated with that to a certain vendor is something that we nerd out on and make sure is legit. So yeah, yeah. All of, all of that is kind of what we do, but it's fed by people like you everybody that lives in the city weighing in yeah not just like at election time but like in neighborhood meetings and phone calls and front porches so there's six districts right and then three at large commissioners is that how it works that's right so there's nine of you there's total. nine city council members three okay. at large six districts and five of the six districts are are part of this election going on right now okay so I used to live in the sixth district, which is Park Ridge and, and that whole area. I think Gwen McKenzie is That's over right. there now, right? Vice Mayor Gwen McKenzie is the representative there. Right. Um, but you're in South Knox, right? South Knox. Okay. Yeah. And Fort Sanders. And uh, Fort Sanders. So, so, so college students too, huh? So campus Okay. and South Knoxville, basically. Is there any kind of turnout from the university for these elections? No. For, no. Yeah. I wish it were different. And right. I've, uh, I've done my best to turn out right. uh, folks to care. And so I go to UT events new like a new freshman orientation there's a big event on campus and so there are multiple events on campus throughout the year obviously for students to attend and i try to get them to pay attention and yeah. say if you're going to live here for four years uh weigh in vote. yeah sure yeah it, but it's but it's uh college students are busy they most of them are registered back home wherever they wherever that is right and so uh even the ones you get to pay attention uh, can be forgetful because life's full when you're 20. Yeah. And I remember in the presidential election, I saw something where um, there's like this anomaly where sorority ro or the, the sorority houses are like their own voting district or right. something like that. Yeah. And there were three votes cast in that <laughs> yeah. district. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we broke 30 in the recent primary for the city council. Really? So, in, in Fort Sanders? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty tough. Yeah. But um, so you got did you get appointed the so you're running obviously in this upcoming election yeah. but uh you were appointed to this uh this seat yeah little okay. little uh, unusual uh path but um uh Stephanie Welch was the city council member before me in the first district and okay. uh um the mayor uh wanted to hire her so uh, she can serve the city in another way, but that left two years on her seat. And so mm. in that circumstance, uh, the other city council members vote on who gets to fill the remainder of her term. Hmm. And so I think there were seven candidates who put their name in the hat. There was a six hour session of uh, why we thought we should be appointed. And uh, they got some Q and a with this. So, and then the, the uh, sitting uh Council uh, council people said, this is the guy we can see ourselves working with that's the it. best over that's the next yeah. two years. Yeah, that's right. I okay. don't know how it's worked out for them. I think they would. <laughs> I think most of them would uh, feel good about their decision. But um, well, it's an it's a non is it a nonpartisan kind of thing to serving this or supposed to be? It's supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I think it should be. I think yeah. it's a breath of fresh air. In fact, the, when I talk to thousands of people on their front porch. Uh huh. 
most folks think of it that way. Good. That, that Washington uh, is hyper-partisan, even at the state level that can be the case, and even in county commission for that matter. Right. Um, I actually think it's great. I think um, I think we, sh- we get a chance to vote for the best person who we feel like represents our uh, values, the priorities, innovative ideas, character of the city. I think it's it's good. Yeah. So who can can a uh, a resident of the city of Knoxville vote for just just their district, or do they get to vote for everybody in all six in the, districts in, and the at large in the general election? Which is, I guess, by the time podcast years you said is tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets to vote on everybody. Okay. So in the primary, you, you could just get to vote for your district. Okay. And that kind of identifies the top two candidates and then the whole city gets to weigh in mm. for the general election okay a little different county commission um is just stays in their district so okay you, in the primary same thing happens top two folks and then vote on your person in your district again so that's interesting so then do you have to do you have to find yourself i guess in the primaries you would find yourself you know canvassing and trying to appeal to uh, your district, but you have to be across the entire, everybody in the city limits you have to appeal to in the general election. That's so right. is there like a context switch that happens oh, there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I think uh, one of the things that's important, I think that helps anybody running is if you've served Knoxville long enough, you know folks all over the city. So mm. it's not as if you're meeting strangers. It's really right. just uh, meet, you know, relying on help from folks who live elsewhere who already know you and your character and what you've done and asking them to kind of advocate for you as well. But Excellent. yeah, I've been, I think I, I've knocked on doors every day since the primary. I took a, a few days off after the primary election, but I, I knocked on doors every day in different neighborhoods. So I don't know that there's a neighborhood I didn't cover over the past two months. Great. So I'm exhausted. I bet. Yeah. And, and that's why I appreciate the shoes. <laughs> uh, lots of nights away from kids. My, yeah. Uh, they started door knocking with me uh, in the primary early on. And that quickly became not fun. I fed them ice cream. I did whatever it took. Uh, yeah. We went on bicycles. But eventually uh, that gets boring to six and eight year olds. Yeah, I bet. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at, uh, uh yeah, some photos and do just doing my research before you came and you got a great family man it looks like you guys just look you know the part like it seems like they're it seems like you got yeah, a good, we good are, sweet family we are we're the but we're the we're, you know like any any family we're the we're the duck on the pond with the little legs thrashing yep. around and yep. uh yeah you, you know, look you, you we try to make it out the door alive and yeah. like somewhat together and yeah. not more than 30 minutes late to stuff you know <laughs> we, we get there we get there. And I usually have that feeling when we get there. So does my wife. Of, we made it. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Wherever we are. A duck is a good, you know, up top it looks all yeah. all good. Oh, yeah. Underwater. Yeah. This it's is crazy. definitely a team sport. That's for sure. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, I'm I'm interested in, you know, both you know, what, what you bring to the table, table as far as serving your community and serving us and representing us mm-hmm. in the in the community but like i'm also really interested in where you came from and what you do because you have a fascinating career path too before you even got to 
to the to the city council. Yeah, I mean, um, are you from Knoxville? I am. I'm from South Knoxville. Actually, grew up. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's perfect. <laughs> I was born in Fort Sanders. Okay, uh, in my district, at the hospital. At the hospital, I was born at Fort Sanders Hospital too. Oh, sweet. There we go. Uh, and then was carried home a couple of days later to South Knoxville, where okay. I grew up across from South High School at the time. Is that South Doyle now? Uh, or is it? It's Dogwood Elementary okay. area now. Okay. That, beside it. It was Rocket Field. There was a huge rocket. I don't know. It was like 20, 30 feet tall. Wow. Okay. Uh, it was old high school track field. So I would go up there and play football and run track and uh, play soccer. So I know South Knoxville pretty intimately. Um, but uh, – yeah, and so so my background generally is um, I went I ended up going to Seymour for high school, so just further up Chapman oh, wow. Highway, and then uh, went to Emory and Henry College in Virginia and got an undergrad degree in business. My wife and I dated uh, long distance, long as in like an hour and a half. Which uh, when you're eighteen and nineteen, that's a long. It's, low, a, it's yeah. a drive. You get you yeah. got to wait till the weekends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot of weekends. I remember those days. <laughs> uh, she went to ETSU, and so. Uh, came back here, and uh, when I finished school, I wanted to do something business-oriented, not really sure, but a friend of mine uh, offered me a job doing bookkeeping for nonprofits in Knoxville, hmm. um, who uh, nonprofits struggle most to make ends meet, and so yeah. uh, we were right there with her struggling. But <laughs> it, it, as part of that, it was kind of my, not my, uh, my first, but my first realization of nonprofits as organizations that have a, a way, a purpose, uh, have to make raise money. And so I looked at their numbers every day and so was able to kind of see the struggles of these organizations who, who all start with a, there's a wound in the community we want to fill. Mm-hmm. We feel uniquely qualified to fill it. Now we need all these thing, business, money, structure, things to do that. And so that was a very enlightening process to me uh, a lot of nonprofits in Knoxville I got to serve in that way. Uh, my background, you know, my, my, I give a lot of credit to my parents. They were, what'd they do? What were they? My, were my they mom was to? a branch manager at Valley bank, awesome, which was located on market square. Okay. Uh, just adjacent. And so back when Market Square was not very lively, it was my playground while I waited for mom to get off work. <laughs> I bet. If I got out of daycare and went uh, wait, wait, went away from mom. This is a little but, dangerous, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was my playground, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was fun. And my dad worked at Athletic House, which- No way. Yeah, on State Street. Uh, oh, and man. So my, Everybody had their uniforms made at Athletic that's House, right. right? Yeah, high school teams. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And so- it was he worked in the uh, in kind of inventory distribution warehouse, and so they had uh, you know it was on State Street that backed up you know, the front side of it faced Gay Street. So is it Bacon and Company now? Or uh, just just down the street a little bit more. Okay, um, what is it now? Um, close. Okay, but but they had these. Uh, metallic slides that you know they would shoot boxes down from the top floor to the second floor or to the ground floor to the basement and so my the funnest part of going to dad's after work was just i got to slide down this metal the shoot the shoot all the way down (laughs) like the one in the atelier building have you seen that one yeah yeah, yeah, like that kind of yeah but it had more a little more structure to it uh but equally uh equal opportunity for for injury sure yeah yeah and so uh lots of time down there uh (laughs) that was fun and the other perk was 
Um, do you remember how valuable Jordans were in the nineties? Oh, of course. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. my, that's all I wanted before first grade. Yeah. Yeah. And we couldn't afford them. And no. so, uh, but the benefit, the perk of that gig was that if teams, sometimes Nike would send too many sizes huh. and if the Jordans happened to be my sizes and it was an extra, yeah, we got, he got to, he got to bring them home. Man. I remember my, uh, my, my mom still tells this story about before my first day of first grade, uh, she went to her mom, my grandmother, and said, he wants these shoes, you know, f- that are, uh, they're a hundred dollars, you know, yeah. which now seems Clutches silly. Pearls. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and my grandmother said, now, honey, he only goes to the first grade one time. And so she, <laughs> she talked my mom into buying me some Jordans awesome. and I remember sleeping in them oh, yeah. the night before yeah. my first day of first grade, yeah. Miss Dockery's class. Yeah, so that was that was awesome. <laughs> That's so good. So I had a- You uh, had an inside track on the I had a decent stream of Jordans that we couldn't afford, but I had them. So That's perfect. It was perfect. So, uh, so your parents both worked downtown, yeah. lived in South Knox. That's great yeah. because I feel like downtown was- you know, you had the two big towers down there, but they're really at, at the time. I assume it was the ninety, early nineties, yeah, eighties, nineties, late yeah. late eighties. Yeah. Uh, really, wasn't a whole lot going on. You had two parents working down there. Yeah, That's pretty and just cool. as we're talking through this, I haven't put a lot of thought into it, but like the span of the district that I represent of South Knoxville mm-hmm. campus, I they went they went to UT. Uh, you know, uh, um, they lived in South Knoxville. Okay. Our, our our we always had a dog or two, and the vet was in in the in, uh, on campus. I went to grad school uh, at UT, and so I lived on Laurel for a long time okay. for a couple of years. And so I was always, I guess, back and forth across the river. And, yeah, and it's kind of coming to my mind now. But the more I talk about this, the more I realized how connected I was across the river. Uh, so yeah, that's that's. It, it, and is it's that sweet? Where, yeah, it, it is it's, sweet. It's real sweet. Yeah, I, I can see flashes of memories, and, and it and it's all kind of. I played at Fort Kid growing up. You know, when I had some time. Do you remember when it opened? I don't, I, I remember like it was a big deal when it opened. I was in elementary school. You may have been. You may. I don't know. I guess you're about my age. But I remember when it opened. We went there for a school field trip or something, and it was a state of the art. Yeah. Enormous playground. Yeah. And it was built by the community. Like, was it really? Oh, yeah. It was scrappy, raise money, um, put in pennies. Everybody, Beth Waters and a number of people in the community put together time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears and raised money and designed it uh, from scratch. I remember it being a huge deal. Like, there's a ribbon cutting and everything. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and it's sad to kind of. And they knocked it down. <laughs> well, I mean, it became there were there were two or three reasons, but the primary ones were um, there was a big wall. You know, the big wall. It's mm-hmm. on a huge hill, right? Yeah. So the big wall, retaining wall, the retaining wall in between it and uh, KMA Museum of Art. Yeah, was made out of railroad ties. Ooh, and so it was becoming quickly uh, the erosion kind of mm-hmm. had, had made it unstable and unsafe, and so. Then there's uh, utility lines that had been built underneath, and so there's certain code that won't allow you to kind of rebuild on that, you know, in right. modern times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, on top of that, wanted to make sure that you know uh, it's not ADA accessible. So it's not no, because you remember all the little pebbles. It was all yeah. rock pebbles. Yeah, you couldn't right? get a wheelchair. So if you have in a there. wheelchair in there yeah. or have some accessibility issue, you you can't. So so it'll come back in a new. 
uh, a new version. Okay. Um, soon. I don't Good. know the exact timeline, but but it'll definitely be next year. Um, but it'll be accessible. Uh, uh, Sarah Hedstrom, I think, is helping design it, and so it'll have. Uh, it'll have sprinkles of old Fort Kid Good. in it. Now it won't be like for like because turns out some of those wooden things weren't weren't the safest <laughs> thing either. But 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 we all survived. I mean, most everybody survived playing on sure. Fort Kid. I mean, if you don't know how to get a splinter out of your hand, you I know? know where else do you learn? <laughs> yeah, you know? Fort Kid. Fort Kid is where you learn how to, <laughs> yeah. about splinters. Yeah. So what what high school did you go to? Seymour. Seymour. Did you play sports? Yeah, I played uh, soccer and basketball. Okay. Did you take that to college with you at Emory and Henry? I did. I played college uh, soccer there. I was kind of walk on basketball. My heart was more in basketball. My skills were more in soccer. Isn't that the way it goes? That's the way it goes. (laughs) And then when you get to college, your mindset changes a little bit more about, you know, you value sleep a little bit more maybe than you. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. basketball practices at 6 a.m. to sit the bench mm-hmm. and not play was uh, was like, oh, it was a clear picture. I need to just do soccer. And uh, and I barely uh, uh, <laughs> balanced that in school yeah, I bet. as it was. Emory and Henry's in Virginia. Is yeah. that right? Where is it? Just past Abingdon. Okay. Up 81. Okay. Bristol, Abingdon. Yeah. Near there. Okay. Did you get through that pretty – Pretty straightforward business school, you said? Yeah, right? undergrad degree in business. Cool. Yeah, and um, great. Southwest Virginia is just a, a, a sw- beautiful corner of of uh, of the state and not far from home, but it was far enough for me to kind of be my own person. Right. And uh, it's a small school like Maryville College, so 1,200 yeah. students. And Oh, uh, really? 1,200 students? Yeah, maybe, oh, that's maybe less at the time. Wow. Now. But, I want my kids to go to Maryville. I just think it's so idyllic. It and, is. And super yeah. cool. Those small, I mean, I had a good time. I, I mean, if I had a clone, I would have liked to also experience a bigger school. But yeah. for me, I needed that. And, and But I ended up going back to, after a couple of years of accounting work here in Knoxville, bookkeeping. Yeah, with the nonprofits? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I decided I wanted to kind of, I wanted to do marketing and went to UT for my MBA, two years of that. And then- Jamie and I, my wife, married at the end of that. So we we dated for five years or so. Kind of, oh, I was at Emory Henry. She was at ETSU. Mm-hmm. I came back to Knoxville. I did an internship in Memphis. So we were never together yeah. uh, for 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 long periods of time. And so we got married that fall, and uh, I took a job in Austin, Texas. So we moved to Austin for five years together. Together for the first time ever. First time. I got to ask you this because my wife and I did the long distance thing yeah. when she when she was in college. Yeah. And I was in film school. Uh, she lived in Boone. I lived in Greenville, South Carolina. I lived in Knoxville. She lived in Boone. Okay. She moved to Johnson City. I lived similar in Knoxville. Dance. Yes, yeah. similar dance. Uh, there was a huge adjustment to moving and being yeah. in the same city Good together. Good word, adjustment. Yeah, Good. it was. It Good was. Word. It was hard. Yeah, the first year was full of like, now wait a second, you're it, doing what? And you're around all you're, the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I saw you do that in passing, but I thought it didn't know it was like a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, so you guys oh, are now in Austin together. Yeah. With, with this whole like yeah. together for the first yeah. time deal. And uh, we had some dear friends that uh, I went to grad school with that moved down there at the same time. Oh, cool. So you had some. You had a, a community, a, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we had, yeah. Yeah, two people. Yeah, but they were same age and uh, same kind of life situation. Uh, and uh, yeah, Austin was a great town. Still is. Like, yeah, the I'll mu- be there later this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The music's great. The quality of life's good. 
it's got uh, Texas is there. So <laughs> campuses bring yeah. like vibrancy and energy to a city. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Like a lot. And when were you there in the in around the uh, 2006? Okay, uh, okay. Through 2011. So it was probably starting to change into something that oh, yeah. was like a progressive kind of city. Yeah, they had the uh, Keep Austin Weird campaign was that, alive and well. Oh yeah, that was that was that was going, and they had plans for and had started building the light rail that's there now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, just, it was great. You know, it's like Knoxville in the sense that, uh, it's, it's a nice little, nice little, it's not, there's nothing little about it anymore, but it's got a vibrancy in the city, but you go 20 minutes, any direction, you're in small diner town. No doubt. Uh, yeah. Like salt, where's salt lick barbecue and like driftwood, Texas or something like that. You got to drive, you know, 30 minutes, but you drive through nothing. Some of these cool, uh, warehouses that turned into restaurants where you need a tetanus shot to just sit down and eat. Super fun. (laughs) Uh, But, but, uh, yeah, but I just, it's got a lot of similarities and, uh, the university, like I said, kind of, uh, now it quickly got filled up with lots and lots more people and mm-hmm. it's kind of a tech hub yeah. of the, of the, of the Midwest or Texas kind of half mid central of the U S. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of right there in the, in the, in yeah, the middle. Yeah. Similar, uh, similar draw to Tennessee actually in the terms of companies want to be there largely for low tax purposes, mm-hmm. but also just talent of mm-hmm. technology, student feeder pipeline of a big university, big like university that. Yeah. And easy to get people to move to, good to quality recruit. of life. Yeah. yeah. And even uh, at that time and probably maybe still other side from housing costs, you could, you could, uh, you could, you know, commute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Affordably eat, food and there was free amenities such as parks and art and i mean i think that's one of the most special things for me about knoxville is the sum of its parts like yeah you put it all together yeah i mean pretty awesome and and it's like the the pendulum of um you know of, of quality of life and affordable living everything uh significant and fabulous you add to that inherently brings more people which usually elevates the cost of living which you know usually makes things a little so i feel like knoxville now and for the next decade particularly is just in this such sweet spot of affordable quality of life with natural resources that are second to none and institutions that are big and create vibrancy but you can still walk paddle or ride to work and have a reasonably affordable dinner and go home to a place you can afford to live. I mean, your kids can have a good school and you, your commute's not too, I mean, there's a lot of, of of those little things that you mentioned that when you do, I've never thought about it. You put them all together and it's, it's a pretty perfect place to live. I mean, even looking at, and I'm not trying to compare us to other cities, but I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anybody in Chattanooga that went to public school um, growing up. There's just not that many people that 
that do seemingly that end yeah. up at UT. Um, Nash uh, or Memphis, I know a bunch of private school kids come to the University of Tennessee. I know a handful of public school kids, but most of the people that I know here in Knoxville, you know, with a handful of kids with the web and Catholic and mm-hmm. all that, our public schools are really great. Yeah, here and it's it, and that now that I'm a parent, yeah, I really appreciate yeah. that. For sure. Because it doesn't hurt as bad yeah, <laughs> in the pocket. I, that's right. Yeah. I just think that this this next deck, I mean, right now, I mean, I've, we have, uh, Knoxville sometimes has this like insecurity thing about it. And, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like torn between shouting from the rooftops. It's a great, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And don't tell anybody. Yeah. You know? I know exactly what you it, mean. It is, uh, it's just the, if you, all of those things I kind of rattled off, you have- uh, good jobs, uh, transportation to work is uh, affordable or easy or sure. accessible for the most part. Um, you have little village corners in all parts of the city that have amenities and Hamburg and Emory Place are two of my favorite. Little- yeah, good little pockets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and some of them are made up of like two restaurants yeah. and a convenience store. Yes, like I think of uh, Sorno Taco and Roundup and yeah. Kinjo. Yeah, 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 just yeah. like. That's a little village corner. Yes. And it's surrounded by urban wilderness, South Haven neighborhood, South Woodlawn neighborhood. And, and those little village corners are all over uh, all over town. So I feel like the 2020s of Knoxville will be about just vibrancy and people wanting to be here, stay here, grow here. And, and particularly – addressing and investing in areas that don't feel that right now. So particularly East Knoxville, I can think of some areas in South Knoxville. I mean, there's parts all over the town. They all different need different vestments. I think that's really important too when you think about serving this community and whether it's on city council or just anyways, every different part of town needs a different thing. And so right. it's hard for our, our brains want to, want to kind of go, well, this gets that thing and that gets the same amount of that thing. Yeah. Is we need to invest in areas in ways and meet the places where they are. Right. There's not a one size fits all right. solution for, for everywhere. Yeah. Everything needs to be dealt with individually. But there are places that uh need more investments than other. Mm. So I think um, you know, different parts of town need different things. And I think it's important to listen to folks who have been there, tried things, because um, it's not as easy as throwing dollars at it. For whatever the inequities right. are, money doesn't solve it all. It sure helps, and you have to prioritize the wounds that need fixing. Right. But I don't get as caught up about a certain dollar amount to help something. Rather, the thing, the 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 concept itself and how effective it is right how so, effective the solution that's is. right because there are, yeah. yeah i mean there are uh there are organizations all over town that have been around doing good work and they help like 30 people mm. and so we tip we we uh silly humans mm-hmm. want, want some grand uh magic wand to fix things and that's just not the way it works sometimes it's just helping the person who's saving 30 kids from going the wrong direction right. to saving 60 kids from going the wrong direction. Mm. That will have a, 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 a massive impact. Right. And so I, there's organizations that come in my mind just being in the nonprofit space. And since that kind of early beginning of, of, of learning about nonprofits in Knoxville, 
you get a feeling for, I always talk about where the wounds are and how you can try to bring peace to the city in areas that need it most. Right. So, so once you're, you know, once now that you're in, in office and, and, you know, hopefully are again, um, do you, do you still represent just your district or do you represent the city as a, as a whole? I mean, you're helping the whole city make decisions, I guess, Yeah. but how much of that is, you know, protecting your, your own district and are, are you going to fight for money to, to get, uh, to get, um, uh, Chapman highway, uh, helped out while, you know, Gwen McKenzie's trying to get Magnolia corridor. Like, yeah, it's the dreaded, um, uh, it depends Okay. Uh, or, or more positive answer is both. Okay. So I mentioned earlier, it's important to know these are district seats. And so that's really important. I think for people to realize and appreciate too, is we have three at large seats. There are six district seats and those district seats are really important because they know where the sidewalks broken. They know Mm. where sidewalks needed because somebody, you know, three people, um, use, uh, are in a wheelchair and need the sidewalk to get to the grocery store on this street. Right. There are blighted buildings in this part. So these district seats are really important. Yeah. Your boots on the ground ultimately. (laughs) That's right. And I think, so, uh, so that's important that the district person knows where the significant gaps are Mm -hmm. in that district. And so, we look to one another for that guidance, right? right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so bold as to say I know in the third district one, two, three, four, five priorities that are needed. Right. I can hear them. I can listen. Sure. I can probably name a couple. But I think leadership in those districts this is super important. It's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. And I think the only way you can actualize change is if you know everybody's issues and that comes from just thousands of hours of listening to folks there are eight neighborhoods in uh, south knoxville there's a couple groups that meet in fort sanders and so they all most of them meet monthly like neighborhood boards yeah yeah and i go to them all so that you means, do that's great yeah and so usually i bring a kid in tow and uh, yeah. and uh, and some some treat to coerce the kid to come to give mom a break because three's <laughs> a lot all the time um and so plus it probably helps the uh uh, the, the neighborhood uh, board be on their best behavior yeah, too. They don't want to yeah. embarrass you in front of right. your kid. Yeah. Or yeah, they don't want to, uh, <laughs> this things can get contentious, yeah. man. It's hard to yell at your council person when they're six year old, <laughs> just coloring crayons right there, you know? Uh, but, but I think, uh, you know, and hopefully surely something's rubbing off on them. I mean, I hope yeah. they're, you know, they're paying attention every once in a while during these conversations, <laughs> but, but that's super important to know what's important in your district and to, to realize you're not the only district in town Mm. and to realize, I think it's okay to say there are certain areas that need more investment than others. And I would suggest that um, South Knoxville's had a lot of investments because of good leadership over the past two decades. You think of uh, South waterfront, Mm. um, severe Avenue, West Blunt Avenue, the Fort Dickerson, the urban wilderness, there's businesses starting to fill in blighted buildings on Chapman highway there are trails and sidewalks that connect almost every neighborhood. I mean, we've had great investments and there are more to come. But particularly East Knoxville needs a lot of a lot of uh a lot of the investment of the city. And I'm happy to support that sure. as much as I am uh investments in West North Knoxville or downtown. Sure. But right. I think you, these district folks need do and need to know where the gaps are right 
It makes good sense. That's yeah. why you want people, you want the people who live in those neighborhoods to to serve them, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and they let you know when you're when uh, when exactly. you may have missed something. Yeah. So something that I've always, you know, you, you kind of mentioned we have this defensive mentality as yeah. a city or like this, yeah. you know, there's almost this little brother yeah. kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that I've always been jealous of Chattanooga for having was both sides of the riverfront developed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the south side is the one that is has had trouble, mm-hmm. you know, getting a start. Mm-hmm. But it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Severe Avenue mm-hmm. is amazing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um how do you see that going if you're going to prognosticate and try to see see how how that continues over yeah. on that side? What oh, does that look like uh, in 10 years or Well, we need a years? lot longer for this, but I'm really? I'm going to go. Okay. Uh you know, the river, Tennessee River starts in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And the confluence of the French Broad and the Holston. There it is. Yeah. And so we recently joined uh, an effort called the Tennessee River Line, which includes cities along the Tennessee River kind of joining an effort to improve the access to the Tennessee River mm-hmm. and the quality. So not just for kayaking, but for other recreational sports or boating, et cetera, um, the, that's one of the most important natural resources we have in our entire sure. city. And so I've, we haven't, we've kind of slept on it a little bit in the right. sense of, we just hadn't put like, oh, wow, there's this shining thing right in the middle. So to your point, you got to have a thriving river in order to have stuff around it. Sure. And so those access points that we chart over the next three years as part of this program will give more people accessibility to the Tennessee river. Mm. And like most things, the more you point to this special amenity that it is a natural resource, the better quality it's taken care of. Gotcha. It's like the trails in the urban wilderness, AMBC, Legacy Parks, these right. organizations realized, wow, the most neglected thing in South Knoxville could be the best thing in South Knoxville, right? And so yeah. now you have more people using the trails and then you have organizations to preserve and protect them. Right. So we need to treat the river like that we way. treat the urban wilderness. It's a, a special thing. So, is this like a blue way program or something yeah. like that? So it's called the Tennessee River Line. Brad Collett is a professor at the University of Tennessee and he's kind of spearheaded it. And it goes 652 miles through Tennessee and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they've got, I don't know the number, but over 20 towns along the river are kind of, are kind of leaning in saying, all right, we'll just think about this river as the most special thing that it is. Okay. So, so then access is the thing that they're going to start with access. And then, and then, so there'll be community events, uh, where people can come to the Milliman. There's one in a couple, uh, two weeks actually where you can come and they'll have kind of a charrette of the whole river in front with maps and where are the access points now and where do they need to be and how do they connect? And so it starts in South Knoxville over here and goes, uh, around. And so, I think of that waterway as you do is like so really something special that we've kind of neglected a little bit. But with that said, this the uh, southeast waterfront around Severe and kind of that area mm-hmm. had, um, has is already kind of rocking. Yeah, and uh, West Blunt Avenue, so the west side of Chapman Highway along the river, is a little slower in terms of. I say slower, and it's, there's already businesses along the river there. Mm-hmm. It's just not feature rich but uh i would say the really important thing to think about is there is a vision plan that was created 15 20 years ago 
by then Mayor Haslam that said, we want the South Waterfront to be a thriving kind of right. corridor. Yeah. And part of that is a greenway, a contiguous greenway all along the river. And that's mm. that's still the plan. It just takes years and years and years of the right development. And when that development happens, we need to make sure we have an accessible greenway along there. And so I think that the, by the end of the 2020s, where you're going to look at, you know, from downtown across the river and see thriving waterfront with, yeah. with accessibility for free stuff. So it, is Holston, Holston gas is still operating there. They are. They are. Okay. They are. There's lots, there's a few different, a few private of, entities, yeah, along in, the river. industrial uh, yeah. organizations that are, Businesses that are still run there and play okay. a play a, a good role in the community. Mm-hmm. Got to work around them a little bit. Got to work. I mean, find Fort, the public land. Yeah. <laughs> per, per, Fort Dickerson's a great example of that. Just yeah. Right behind the river mm-hmm. is this old quarry that we've turned into one of the more special hiking, biking, swimming places yeah. uh, in all the city. So I think that, and then you go on down to uh, Cherokee Farms. People yeah. people forget about. I mean, people take their dog there, but they forget right. about what's being built there. They have the Spark Innovation Center there, which is for kind of high tech, early business incubator where they have labs. Yeah, like, is that would would Brandon Bruce be involved in that? Yeah, yeah. So I think he was talking about yeah. that on the podcast. So not so, so Brandon ago. be heavily involved in anything when it comes to entrepreneurs, but yeah, and tech especially. And too. tech, yeah. <laughs> so, but but there's you know, so that's the building that's, that's the under building. construction that you can see from Alcoa Highway yeah. right now. Yeah, so there's tons of companies coming there. Um, I don't know that a lot of some of these other companies will land there, but there you'll see more and more tech companies in that place. Okay. While at the same time preserving the green play mm-hmm. space, I mean that's what yeah. you want, right? You right. want somebody to come to work and think, you know, for lunch I'm just actually go go out and go for a paddle yeah. or a run, or can come right back in the lab yep. and test something really cool that blows your mind. Yeah, I'm hoping that this that the greenway with all this Alcoa Highway stuff, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hearing the greenway is going to connect. To, yeah. To Cherokee Farms yeah. down there, which that's the goal, and then ultimately connects with Maryville too, yeah. from what I hear. So yeah. that's going to be sweet, man. Yeah, I mean, Super put sweet. yourself at twenty. 30 mm-hmm. and you're going to see a thriving south waterfront that is interconnected to blunt county yep and the bridges allow for easy connection to downtown right and waterway you know waterway connections i sure. have a friend in my neighborhood who was a worked at the vet school and uh would put in at island home park in an uh like an origami kayak. Oh, I've seen those. This, yeah, yeah, they like fit in the fold up in the trunk of your car. Yeah. yeah. I watched him do it. My mind was blown. But yeah, he, but he paddled to work. Yeah. It's great. And uh yeah, I mean that type of thing mixed with good employment, easy commute, mm-hmm. and affordable fun slash free public amenities and play spaces. It I don't know what else we're living for. Right. You know, that that's what you want. Yeah. Right now the, the, the Tennessee river, I feel like the biggest, the biggest thing it offers us is recreation right mm-hmm. now. It mm-hmm. seems like the thing that, I mean, you know, you see some barges on it and you yeah. know, there is some, you know, some business being done uh, yeah. there, but that river, you know, in Sutri times, mm-hmm. like, if you're, you know, Cormac McCarthy book, mm-hmm. uh, that was the lifeblood of industry in mm-hmm. in Knoxville, mm-hmm. um, and in every city. And yeah. rail rail was another thing. And those those are two things that seem to hem cities in, yeah, uh, and not let them grow. And yeah. we're kind of seeing that a little bit, or have seen it. But um, yeah. the new kind of place that 
business is done is the internet (laughs) now. And, you know, we've seen what happened with Chattanooga with fiber once EPB did the fiber infrastructure down there and tech companies moving and, and them having the things that we have like great recreation, Mm -hmm. great place to live, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. traffic, cost of living, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a big boon for them to, mm-hmm. to, to work on that, that fiber. Do we have a plan to do that here? Do we, we, we yeah, the, the collective, we do. Yeah. We, we approved, uh, this year, actually, uh, we authorized KUB to begin setting up broadband internet infrastructure to offer fiber. Okay. Internet. okay. So along with your water and electricity, KUB will offer internet. Okay, so there, so there's fiber trunks somewhere underground, and they're uh, near near the, KUB, and they're the, going to start. That's right, putting it out from there. That's right. Okay. And so one, I think the plan is one gig up, one gig down uh, access for. Uh, I don't know the dollar amount, but we'll call it affordable. Yeah, compared to the alternatives, and uh, will be subsidized in some way for folks who uh, make certain, maybe thirty percent of average median income. So, okay. Everybody can have access to reliable internet, which great. the pandemic proved in our modern economy. Not only do adults need to work, but kids need to learn. Yes. So uh, a lot of the kids, uh, Knox County schools have a free Chromebook or some some yeah. laptop that they uh-huh. can take home. But if they take it home and there's no Wi-Fi, it's kind of hard to use yeah. in our modern day. So, so yeah, that, that we just approved this year was a big deal. And um, I think it'll it'll do wonders for uh, kids learning and just, uh, yeah, allowing folks to work from home sure. if they want to. It'd be huge for the for our business, dealing with such large file sizes with yeah. you know videos and all that, being able to send yeah. that stuff back and forth would be super yeah. helpful for us. But Cherokee, you know, Cherokee Farms, I think is, is a good representation of, of what I think the, the, the value the quality of life is in Knoxville. They, mm. they were going to be great jobs doing smart things mm-hmm. with surrounded by natural play space that's free and accessible and um, supported by legacy or surrounded by legacy neighborhoods. Right. And new affordable apartments for sure. folks who need those and uh, want to rent or want to move here. Right. So that. That, and, and just down the street, you know, there's a number of uh, tech companies that are kind of sprinkling in around Knoxville, but South Knoxville in particular, people don't think about Cherokee Farms as part of that. But if you consider that, and Elastic Pictures we talked about sure. earlier, and there's some other kind of smaller tech companies that are being groomed, um, that's in South Knoxville. So we have a little tech hub our right. side of the river now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about for the first time, you know, I've lived in Knoxville a long time. I've always heard ORNL, TVA, UT. We have those, but they've never done anything together. And mm. there's always kind of promise of one. But I think this, they've invested, they've put, those three organizations have put money on the table to invest in reinforcing Cherokee Farms, that picture. So they've invested the Tech Stars program. I think there was $9 million that those three entities put in for a program to do to to incubate 10 companies a year for three years. Wow. Early stage companies that exist, but we want them to come here and have access to those three powerhouse resources. So this is the first real time where those organizations have said, here's resources, here's people, here's a program. 
bring cool companies here that aren't here, help companies that are here, and let's keep all that talent because we got a right. steady stream of them coming from UT and we right. can try. So it makes sense. It's in their interest to have to have that here yeah. as well. And and the lab particularly, I'm on the Chambers Economic Development Committee, and so I'm on calls with companies tell them how great Knoxville is that, and they're looking at us going, well, now this is something unique. And so they visit and we tell them and I talk them, walk them around South Knoxville and you can see the eyes kind of go, wait a second. I didn't, this is a little hidden gem here. Didn't, we didn't think big on <laughs> Knoxville, but now we do. Yeah. And, and so the lab particularly is, uh, really folk. They have really cool technology on, um, battery power. So batteries are in everything, whether it's your computer, your phone, mm-hmm. or your car, the the strength of batteries every year is becoming more and more important. Also, as you think about um, fossil fuels and sure. reducing that and uh, creating energy other ways, it mm-hmm. all points to batteries. I, I think other than like internet protocol, the IP address yeah. happening, yeah. battery technology has afforded us some of the biggest technological advances as a society in the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, think about a Bluetooth speaker, like that was a car battery hooked to a, you know, just yeah. a t- yeah. <laughs> that's what you had to have yeah. to do something like that. Uh, uh, I see it in lighting technology yeah. in, in our business yeah. with, with how small lights have been able to get because Perfect of, example. Of, of batteries. Yeah. And now with, yeah, cars, yeah, with Tesla's cameras work because the battery powers right. the phone long enough to be re- to yes. replace cameras. It's hu- it's a huge thing that n- not a lot of people think about. And but ORNL is obviously has their eye on the ball. They there. do. And EPRI is a no- name of an organization that is a is kind of a uh, energy think tank tech uh, association. They have a, a um, they have five offices across the U.S. One of them is here, and they want to be the battery uh, technology place of, mm. of the whole world and so oh. you have the lab organizations like that you have tva who's working on electricity solar electricity and everything that points back to that and so we have a, an interesting little opportunity to attract or or lift up organ companies that want to utilize those assets that are really special and a lot of which are point to south knoxville yeah yeah i i, I had a guy on the podcast last Two, two or three weeks ago, big mountain biker. And he just, we just talked about the big, the urban wilderness and how much it's already changed the, the face of yeah. South Knoxville yeah. and the kinds of people who it attracts and move here and, yeah. and, and who are utilizing that resource and people who are getting into it, but getting yeah. into the, things like that. We, uh, we've got just a few minutes left before we got to get you. What happened? Right? You're, I don't know, man, this, this needs, this needed to be four hours. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I, Election day is, is, is happening. Are you running? Do you have, uh, are you running unopposed or do you have, uh, uh someone running against uh, there's you? There's somebody running against me, but I'm not running against them. I'm running for Knoxville okay. and kind of the things that I've set out. I, I always say the three things, the three reasons I vote for anybody is, uh, I, I want to look at the person, their character, kind of what they sh- show me, kind of what your what your heart is, where you've served. You got to know the community right. before you can lead it. And the second are what ideas do you have for kind of the vision of your district? Okay. Again, this we all make uh, decisions on behalf of the whole city, but you got to have a vision for your place. And that comes from informed. Right. And then the third is your ability to get them done. I mean, it, it's yeah. um, principles, ideas are only as good as you're able to actualize them. And 
I feel like I'm collaborative enough to get those things done. I have gotten a lot done for my district and it's not, um, not beating my chest. It's just, I listen well. And right. when you listen to the people, they'll tell you what they want. And I, and I often say helping people is pretty popular. So yeah. if you show up and help folks, um, they usually show up for you. So that's why I'm running. Cause I want to keep helping folks. Servant's heart. Uh, so how how many votes are these usually decided by these kind of races? I, I don't have an idea for the metrics of, uh, or, or, or the uh, scope or the scale of it. Few, very few votes. Yeah, so, so it's important. Yeah, this it's, is it. Yeah. yeah, if you care about uh, Knoxville, South Knoxville, particularly the first district, uh, go, go vote. vote. Yeah. It's a big deal. And yeah. These district seats uh, matter a ton, and so and this are, isn't a general election with the, where, where there's any other voting going on, right? Is this just? It's is just it this, us. It's just city council. It's so you have to. Council. Not only do you do you, you're not going to be at the polling place for any other reason. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's okay. Yeah. So um, go get informed. Go vote Knoxville dot com. Go vote dot com. I don't know something like that. Google yeah. will tell you. Yeah. Uh, all the candidates. I'm I'm at Tommy for Knoxville dot com, but. Most folks know they can just call me and I'll tell you what I think about it. Yeah, your phone number's on the website. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, on the city council. When you call, I answer. And it's because um, uh, this isn't my vision. These are are ideas that are spurred from people saying, we need this. Yeah. So, last question Have you enjoyed it so far being, uh, you know, being on the city council? I love love the governing, uh, the relational helping folks and you know you you have to balance the greater good and what folks are asking you to do and it's just i've been really proud about being able to deliver for folks the first thing somebody asked me to do was get wi-fi for the south knoxville uh, community center and i was able to do it in a few months and it was not because i was magical but just it was just like a real proud moment right uh seniors are there they do free taxes there there's a boys and girls club there like that's that's awesome so yeah i'm i'm digging it it uh it uh I, i'm gonna be the campaigning's an extra heavy you know, i have a day job I'm supposed to be a good dad and a husband uh i'm on city council and campaigning is my fourth kind of life requirement so at a minimum uh next week i will be a better dad and a better husband uh than i am at the moment i'm i'm so glad to know you tommy and we're lucky to have you um well thanks taking care of us yeah up there i'm just trying yeah well we we appreciate it and um good luck thanks and maybe we can do this again sometime yeah I'd love that. I would too. I'd say four hours next time. Yeah. We'll block it off. Okay. We're going to need some food and beverage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can do it then. Thanks a lot, Tommy. All right. Take cheers. care, man. Thanks. All right. There it is. There you have it. The choice is yours. Thank you guys for being here. Follow us on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. Love you all. Take care of each other and take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. All right. Pitch wire. Play me out.